Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, again, I'm noticing, Collie, that the critter shed has moved. We're on location. Where are we? We're in Wicklow, isn't it? It is Wicklow. Wicklow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better check Google. It's Wicklow. Yeah, I think I'm in Wicklow. <laughs> Yeah, we're in Wicklow. We're waiting for my pal, Even, uh-huh. to arrive. And Even has uh, just finished a PhD in Trinity College Zoology Department. So she's a good friend of mine, and she is an expert in a certain mysterious creature from Ireland, which we all know, but most of us don't know much about, and it's the badger. I, uh, I didn't know you were into mammals. Yeah, I occasionally do mammals. <laughs> Just to uh, keep it real, keep it yeah. varied. No, I mean, like, we're going to broaden our horizons a little bit. I think badgers fit nicely into our remit because they're um, nocturnal well, and they, they, they do like to keep themselves themselves and I think they have a bad reputation that's probably undeserved. I think so too. I think they need some love. Yeah, exactly. And who better to give it to them? <laughs> What have you got there, Collie? Big log. Big, big, big log. <laughs> and what's in your hands? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> it wouldn't be a great shed episode if we didn't say something phallical yes. and inappropriate. So, even tell me who you are and, and what you do and what we're doing down here. All right, so my name is Even Gochran and I'm a um, zoologist at Trinity College. I did my degree there. And I also uh, last year finished a PhD where I was working on a population of badgers um, in County Wicklow. And we were looking to see if uh, these major roadworks going through their area would disturb them. Thankfully, it doesn't seem to have had too much of an impact, which is great news. But there's lots of other really cool things that we found out about them um, in the meantime. And it's it's been a great project, bringing me to lovely places like this and... We've just come upon an area of bluebells and buttercups. It's stunning on the edge of this gorgeous old woodland. What do you know about this woodland? I I don't know a huge amount about the woodland, uh, except to say that it is a a little patch of uh, deciduous woodland, Mm. which is rare enough these days. But it's a gorgeous little pocket of native and some non-native trees in here as well. But the ground is absolutely covered in creeping buttercup and, uh, and bluebells. So we've got lovely bright flashes of yellow and purple among the the green understory birds singing in the trees you can hear the bluebells or bluebells bluebirds <laughs> bluebirds bluebirds blue tits <laughs> edit that bit out oops yeah. 
It's, sorry, that was your foot that yeah. I stood on. Sorry about that. <laughs> we can hear, we can hear the, the, the blue tits and the cold tits calling away there. And a wren. And there's lots of logs. So don't expect me to be talking much in this episode. I'm just going to be flipping logs and having a look for it. <laughs> Did you find that nice under that I've one? I've already Polly? found stuff. Yeah, what it's pretty find? cool. I just wood licensed. So some <laughs> nice slugs and stuff. First Ooh. evidence of badgers we can see here. Oh, cool. So can you see anything that jumps out at you? Okay, so I'm seeing grasses, the flowers and nettles and logs, fallen trees, lots of ivy, beautiful deciduous trees. And I'm seeing there's an area to our left that has a mound and the top of the mound is sort of bare. It's it's just uh, Mm -hmm. earth. And I'm wondering if that might be something. Yeah. It is. Okay. What about this thing here? Is that oh, a right. Path? There's like a, a track or something yeah. that is, is not overgrown. So there's a very defined track through the undergrowth that's sort of meandering uh, from left to right here. Uh, and you're right over there to the left, there is a, a mound of soil. And what that actually is, is a, a spoil heap mm. at the entrance to a badger set. Okay. So we'll go over and have a look at it. Yeah. Okay. Are badgers protected? Yes, they are. They're a protected species. And what that means is that we're not allowed to interfere with them, mm-hmm. but also with their resting places, so with their sets. So if you see a set and you see a big spoil heap, it's illegal to block it. It's illegal to remove the spoil heap. And uh, it's obviously illegal to, to harm the badgers in any way as well. So, um, yeah, very much a protected species. So we're just walking up to this soil heap. And yes, there's a hole. Now, this is a badger set, uh, entrance to a badger set. It's quite a large hole. Wouldn't be confused with anything like a rabbit, potentially maybe a fox. But generally, the shape of a, of a badger hole is like a, it's like a capital D that's been tipped over and is lying on its flat side (laughs) is a good shape to look for so that basically means it's usually more oval on top and more flat on the bottom and what you'll notice is when you look down into it it's quite steep Mm. descends into the ground quite quickly now this doesn't look like a particularly active hole because there's a lot of leaves and sticks and debris here it's definitely being used but it doesn't look like it's the main entrance into the set and you can see if you follow the spoil heap away from the set you can see that there's a, a trail very le- leading very obviously into the field mm. and another trail that's leading down there off in the other direction mm. as well so even would this mean that this is an exit I know this area and this is not the main set. Right. It might be an outlier set that's not connected to the main okay, set. right. Like a halfway house. Halfway house, like a little B&B. Cool. Or it could be just a, a far-flung exit and it is connected with the main set. The main set is probably over there by maybe, I think about, I'm very bad at distances, maybe 50 metres, right. 50 cool. metres away. So what we'll do is we'll wander over in that direction and you can see what a beautiful big main set looks like. Brilliant. Fantastic. Cool. It's so beautiful here, isn't it? I've seen some solitary bees around here as well. So they're probably using this, yeah. this, this, uh, this earth that the badgers have dug up as as their little brooding chambers, which is mad because that means the badgers are providing habitat for other native species. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Badgers do like to eat bees as well. Ground, yeah. ground nesting, ground nesting bumblebees. Oh. So, sometimes um, you'll see evidence of a nest been dug up and um what's the word pillaged pillaged, <laughs> pillaged by badgers 
pillaged what? by pirate badgers. <laughs> Yar. They'll eat pretty much anything though, badgers. Right. So they're kind of known for eating earthworms. But that is uh, a, f- a simplification. They'll eat beetles, they'll eat larvae of um, moths and beetles and they'll eat berries and they'll eat wheat and they love maize. Wow. So they'll eat a shed load of stuff, whatever is in season. So true omnivores. There's a lot of things to get over and go under here. There's a beautiful uh, long branch of a fallen tree in front of us. I'm just going to dip under it. Yep. Now. This is our main set. Wow. Oh my God. We're, <laughs> we're in front of a huge bare mound. Like it's like ten, a, 10 meters? Yeah, it's like a bomb went off, isn't it? It yeah. really is. It's like a crater. It is actually. It's like one, two, yeah. three, four craters really. Oh, oh yeah, we're they're surrounded by them. Yeah. Oh my God. And there's another one over there, about 20 meters away, yeah. I would say, in the distance. You can see the spoil heap and you can actually see a path leading from this one in front of us over to that one again. And this is an old entrance. So that's covered over in sticks. It's covered over. straight down in the ground. In front yeah, of us. it may have collapsed maybe and they just don't use it anymore mm. and they've, they've dug up a new one. But let's go and have a look at some of the features Great. of the spoil heap because when you know what to look for, there's some really cool ways and I'm looking at it right now and I'm really yeah. excited. I haven't been here in ages and so I'm so happy. We're standing on the, on the mound. It's like a crater uh, yeah. down into down into the set. Um, yeah. There's a hole in front of us. And so what are we looking at? So there's a, a massive big spoil heap around us. How wide would you say that is? 10 metres. 10 metres wide in a kind of a semicircle around us. We're looking down into a, into a big hole in the ground. In that big spoil heap, we can see there's a little depression. It's like a little slide almost. Uh, that's the main track up, up out of the set and back down into the set. But can you notice any marks on the soil here? Yeah, oh. I, can, I can see, uh, whoops, uh, scratch marks. Yeah, claw marks right claw marks. down there, yeah. You can see where they don't all, only just go up that one, they're, they're coming up all sides and you can see their claw marks as they're scrabbling up and in and out of the set at night. It's like Wolverine had a visit here. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So this is a beautiful example of an active set. You've got no debris in the entrance at all. So it's completely clear, clear of leaves and sticks and that sort of thing. You've got those scrape marks. Mm. And of course, now is the perfect time for cubs to be making their first forays oh, out. Wow. Yeah, so you'd probably get cubs coming out here at night with Mammy exploring around for That's the first few so times. Cool. <laughs> you can really see the difference between this active set yeah. and the one we saw earlier on. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, one I'd mad. say is like pff, just an occasional... Yeah. Maybe if you've had a fight with somebody and you just don't want to use the front door, you go out the back door or something like that. Very I don't know. Um, so underneath us here is a whole system. Oh my God, there's a badger. Look Say that again. There's a badger actually sticking its nose out. Really? Straight up. I nearly had to die in there. <laughs> what? Yep, just a snoop. So uh, took one look and then bolted back in. But this did. Well. Are you serious? Yeah, a hundred percent. No way. Yeah. Oh. That is crazy. Don't worry, badger. We mean you no harm. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm Look at your face. That was <laughs> 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 was. Oh wow. Well, that's quite unusual because yeah, they're nocturnal. Ex- yeah, I didn't expect to see that today. You know, I mean, the reason I kind of well, the reason we came here during the day is because they should be asleep underground and we wouldn't disturb them by being here. Um, and also, you can see all the features beautifully. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Should be tucked up in bed now. I know. Maybe maybe, maybe, we, maybe we made too much noise and woke oh, them up. Dear. That was magic. That was really magic, yeah. We're staring here at yeah. the hole waiting for him to come back again <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. I think we're just in shock. I mean, the only badges I unfortunately see are, are dead ones. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so sad. And before I started my PhD, the only badger I'd seen was a dead one as well, you know. So I was really lucky to do this project because we obviously had to um, under a licence trap and the badgers to put collars on them um, and so the vet from the Department of Agriculture would um, knock them out before we were able to touch them but then we were able to um, put the collars on them give them health checks vaccinate them against TB give them the BCG vaccine um, treat them for any wounds that sort of thing so real up close and personal stuff and it was amazing absolutely amazing I'm mad jealous you saw that I honey. know yeah two seconds but wow yeah just a little eye went Fuck Aww. him <laughs> and ran back in. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Yeah, you mad. can see that classic D shape there. Yeah. now that we're looking at it. Yeah. So, a lot of people would have misconceptions about badgers. Yeah. So, if you'd like to set the record straight, <laughs> that'd be brilliant because yeah. that's what we're all about here. Okay. It's just. Well, I suppose one of the most common things that people say to me about badgers is, "Oh, yeah, they're really vicious," and they'll attack you and bite down on your foot and they won't let go until they hear a bone break. And that's why farmers always go out with sticks in their wellies. Now, that's the biggest load of shite ever. (laughs) It's just simply not true. Um, Badgers are incredibly equipped to defend themselves and they do fight among themselves. um, But they're not a naturally aggressive species. So in our experience, when we were trapping the badgers... What we would do is we'd set a cage out, bait it with peanuts. The badgers would go in at night and we'd come in very early the next morning to process them. And we'd do it as quickly as we could because we didn't want to stress them out. Invariably, they would be in the cage either pretending to be asleep or playing dead. They'd have their little paws over their eyes, like sometimes you see cats doing. And it's kind of like their kids saying, if I can't see you, you're not there kind of thing. If I can't see you, you can't see me. And what we would do is um, we would microchip our badgers, a bit like you do with your cats and your dogs, so that we would um, be able to identify them. And we would scan them then with a a sheep scanner, Mm. which is basically just one of those scanners your vet has, but on a long stick. So we'd have to open the cage and put the scanner in. And that was always quite risky because you could lose the badger, he could bolt at that point. And you also weren't sure you're dealing with a wild animal that has an absolutely amazingly beautiful set of teeth with massively strong jaws if they were going to go for you and what they would do they would never bite they would actually if anything would make a kind of a mock head rush and kind of a hiss at you and to scare you biting was never their first instinct at all and in fact out of the hundreds of occasions where we trapped badgers over the seven years that we were working there was only two cases where a badger actually bit the stick and one of them was with me it was a cub like a young individual and he basically just mouthed the stick to check it out and see what it was so it wasn't an aggressive interaction they'll defend themselves they'll use shock tactics first and then they want to run um, but unfortunately uh, they get a bad rep probably due to things like badger baiting and badger digging where uh, 
arseholes basically like to come along and dig them out of their sets with their dogs and either kill them in situ or bring them elsewhere and pit them against dogs and fight and they are amazing fighters and they'll defend themselves very well but that's where that fearsome reputation is coming mm. from and that's not fighting it's defence yeah. you know so yeah. it's really yeah. not warranted they're, they're, they're gorgeous yeah. animals and speaking from experience they have different personalities mm. you know that different badgers are going to react in different ways when you come upon them in the cage and yeah, yeah they're just they're great um, so it's truly undeserved reputation mm. that they have they're fabulous all that crap generally gets generated because we look at everything through our human eyes and our human experiences and we match a certain behaviour against our own behaviour and you know badgers are not getting up every morning thinking yes I have to bite someone it's all about just getting yeah. on with your life exactly. and being able to survive yeah yeah I mean they are omnivores but they are um, a part of um, the mustelid group which are carnivores so they come equipped with these beautiful long teeth and very strong bites and they certainly use them in terms of defence between different social groups and that sort of thing but it's not a, they're not hunters they're not predators in that sense of the word so right. yeah. Um, yeah they're wow. great they have very complex social lives it's like a little soap opera yeah, so so badgers live in social groups and that basically means that here where we are now in this set system there's one family lives here and there'll be generally the literature likes to say there's a dominant male and a female so a breeding pair but actually what we found is that you can have more than one female breeding in the same social group but you'll oh. generally have a breeding pair and then their offspring and they'll be like yearlings and slightly older adults and then the cubs and generally your social group, it can be anything from like three or four badgers, maybe up to six, seven, eight, even higher in the UK. And they live in a territory that they defend and either they defend that through fighting, as I've mentioned, but but mainly it's defended by, you see these system of paths that we can see, mm. they're really well worn. And what badgers do is that they mark the paths at latrines um, along the way. So they poop into it basically and they have um uh what's the word i'm looking for secretions from their anal mm-hmm. glands mm-hmm. and that contains a wealth of information about who they are male female age sexual status whether they're like receptive or not so there's a whole system going on of little information posts and that's how they generally maintain their social structure mm-hmm. but we found actually that like i said you have more than one breeding female we found that when you do the genetic analysis on the badgers that actually a lot of the cubs, maybe more than half the cubs, are fathered by individuals from maybe the group next Ooh, door. saucy. Yeah. <laughs> so it is like EastEnders. This is Albert Square and we have Phil <laughs> Mitchell in here. So particularly, and they're very romantic as well, because particularly around February, we'll see, we used to be able to track where they were going, right? And normally they tend to stay within their group. They go for visits here and there. But Mm -hmm. in February, when the females have given birth, they come back into season. The yearlings, the female yearlings for the first time are in season and everyone's like, woohoo. And they basically, (laughs) you could see the males in particular paying visits to the other main sets of other Ah. social groups. Ah. (laughs) And there was one fella, Rory, who went and visited five other main sets in Holy the month of February. Fair play, Rory. Yeah, Rory was <laughs> what's, what's he eating? Where can I forage for it? <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah, so there's, there's, there's a much more relatedness between the social groups than people had kind of realised. And there's also all these sneaky meetings going on the whole time that people weren't like... So, And the cool thing about badges is a really deadly reproductive system whereby... The peak in their mating season is around about February, but actually they can meet meet 
mate. Yeah. Well, that's what the kids say. Yeah. They meet to mate. They meet you. So they can mate uh, at any time throughout the year until December, when it's kind of a, a shortening of the day signal for the females to kind of bed down and get preg- or you know continue the pregnancy because they do this really cool thing called delayed implantation. Uh-huh. So it means that when they mate and an egg gets fertilized, when it becomes a blastocyst it basically goes into um, suspended animation. So it just sits there without implanting. And she can actually be mated several times over the year. And there could be different males mating her. And she can store those blastocysts and wait until December and implant them all at the same time. So she can have cubs belonging to a variety of different males. Wow, in the same litter? In the same litter. That's incredible. That's a really cool trick. Yeah. So, so uh, this huge diversity and genetic diversity. So there, the genetic diversity thing is kind of weird. Actually, it's not as diverse oh. as you would think. But I think that's because everybody is mating with everybody else. Okay. So there's just like massive mixing going on. Yeah. Scandalous yeah. stuff going on here. <laughs> we should cue the uh, the Eastenders. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. <laughs> Who's the father, Rory? <laughs> <laughs> We had one badger called uh, Berry. She made a booty call over to a set of a, of a young male called Romeo. And that's, it was a nine kilometre round trip. Holy shit. Yeah, so we could see... Romeo she came was out. well named. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> was. Um, we could see her. She came out and then a couple of hours later we got a ping off her over at that set and then a couple of hours later we got a ping off her back home again. <laughs> oh. So she went and got her hole and came back again. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Do you use that exact language in your scientific papers? Oh yeah, it's, it's in the, it's a scientific title. Get How to get your hole. Myself and even come from the same disciplined scientific literature yeah. background. Precise language. Yeah. yeah. No ambiguity <laughs> at all. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> This is amazing, Spike. Isn't gorgeous? It's stunning. I've never been. Uh, I've never been at a place like this before. Yeah. It's kind of like it harkens back to what most of this country used to be like. This is what a badger set should look like, um, but because we don't have 
a lot of woodland left in the country and what woodland we do have tends to be like coniferous monoculture you generally find that in Ireland anyway hedgerows are where your sets are located so to find a, a big set like this with massive spoil heaps and like numerous different entrances among the trees it's quite special and it's quite rare it's a beautiful spot it's stunning like it's yeah it's magical you know you have that you have that feeling that you just don't get when you're up in the spruces and yeah. grassland you but know? sure look at everything that's grown around us it's just a blanket of yeah. flowers yeah. and all the birds you hear the chiff chaff it's hard to explain to people as well <clears throat> you find it hard to explain because a lot of people will walk up in pine forests and spruces and say oh this is wonderful I'm out with nature but it's like if you could get them to walk in the forest yeah. that's an actual native forest mm. or even semi-native Semi- and deciduous yeah. and you just see the variation in life compared to like just pine cones and pine needles yeah. on the ground it's but where we're standing now like cheese isn't it yeah totally and where we're standing now like there's plenty of light coming in there's there's lots of things growing but when you go up to those pine forests it seems very dark oh, so is there much growing in there at no, all no there isn't and also the the pine needles when they fall they change the composition of the soil and underneath so you don't get you only get like nettles and then you don't get very much things growing at all down there toxic there yeah. it's it's um it's a really a monoculture mm. really is which is useless really we have a wander further in yeah amazing this is afterwards huh? badgers are actually very clean so they bring bedding into their sets to make nice beds for themselves like grasses and things and they'll they'll roll it up in a big ball and they do this funny kind of backwards bunny hop where they drag it backwards into the set um but then they also take that bedding out and clean it um because they are breeding grounds for parasites and things like that so they're very conscientious about keeping their sets clean here's a foraging sign so you can see that there's a, a little hole that's been sort of rooted out here and that's very typical in size and shape of a badger that's been snuffling for food. So they, uh, they're very much into using their noses to kind of dig out and find uh, their prey. And often when you see them in pasture, you can tell the difference between that and, and uh, a rabbit digging, for example, because A, rabbit ones are usually full of rabbit poo, but B, the shape is different, mm. slightly bigger, and oftentimes the sod seems to be like flipped over. And that's a very typical badger foraging sign. What's badger poo look like? Well, I'll, hopefully we'll try and find some because I love badger poo. <laughs> um, I get so excited about badger poo. And I actually was told by one of my friends to stop posting pictures of badger poo on Facebook. <laughs> Otherwise, she was going to post a picture of her daughter's dirty nappy. It's oh. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. Brilliant, brilliant. We're following a badger path over to another set entrance. We're looking for poo. We're looking for a latrine because oftentimes um, there'll be a latrine in the vicinity of the set as well where they'll come out and... Uh... Oh, nice big latrine. Look Let's go and have a look at the poo. Yay. Well done, Collie. Oh, you Shit know me. spotting expert. Yeah. I'm obviously able to spot a bit of shit. So this is, this is a really nice example of a latrine where you can see that there's been layers and layers of faeces deposited. Mm-hmm. So... They'll come out, multiple individuals come out and they'll, there's a little pit that's usually been dug 
and they'll basically just layer on poo after poo um, so the freshest, is, the freshest is going to be at the top and yeah. the older stuff underneath now I'm just looking at this nice flies around there nice flies it doesn't look particularly fresh there's another one there that's definitely older beside it but you can see in this one here I wish I had my gloves um, that there's little evidence a little bit of beetle Oh, right. You can generally see the elytra and they'll be little black or blue shiny bits that you see in, in the faeces. And depending on the time of the year as well, you might get uh, wheat and maize quite recognisable in there. That. And in ecology, it's all about the poo, isn't it? Knowing oh, about what they're, what they're up to. Like, most mammologists don't actually get to see their study species. They just spend their time chasing around the country look there's a lovely beetle there now look oh wow um, they just spend their time looking at poo which we isn't as gross as it sounds it's yeah. actually quite enjoyable <laughs> yeah and people wonder why I don't do mammals that often <laughs> so there you go and lots of animals feeding off it again yeah you can see other other insects and inverts yeah, are kind of crazy. crawling around it and they're recycling that now and I've just spotted something gorgeous right beside the latrine Ferns, just about to unfurl. Yes, isn't that lovely? Oh, it strikes me as being really kind of primeval, yeah, actually. Yeah, Jurassic Park stuff. So these are these are Irish bluebells as well. They're not Spanish bluebells. Yes. Our native ones, which is, it's rare enough to see them now. Yeah. Well, the Spanish ones tend to get planted in gardens and then they'll hybridize, hybridize and, and break out themselves. But these are these are the native Irish ones. They kind of all fall to one side. The little heads fall to one side, whereas the Spanish ones, the heads will be all the way around. Mm. God, the the bluebells and the buttercups just keep going on for metres and metres and metres over hill and dale. It's beautiful. First time I came down here a couple of years ago, <laughs> I almost wept. It was just that gorgeous. Yeah. It was. It really was. <clears throat> it's it's like something out of a fairy tale. You know, expect uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to come around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> You just don't expect to see stuff like this anymore, which no. is, again, it's a shame. But and we don't see that much of it. We can get it back. Yeah, we can get it we're back. Sure we can. Down this way. Well, let's not go down there because it's actually a bit wet down okay. there. Okay. We could walk through the woods over that way and see what we can find. If we can maybe follow a path, yeah. see what we happen yeah. upon. Watch yourself. Yikes. Lovely. Tree protocol. Tree protocol. Careful of the branches, low-lying branches. <laughs> Sorry, there's another entrance over here. <laughs> so this set is really massive, and and actually, if you were to like X-ray, let's say X-ray this set, you'd see that there are multiple entrances, and there's multiple tunnels, and underneath there's multiple chambers. So chambers where they sleep, and there, it'll be like almost like a multi-story apartment building. Um, there can be several layers. There can be like three three floors, I guess. It can extend for metres and metres and metres and metres. I think the oldest set that's been found in Ireland is down in Cork. And it's, we, that what we know of, it's 200 years old. Holy. Wow. Yeah, so badgers are very, very faithful to where they live. And if, for some reason, uh, a set had to be removed, say for you know, a new road going in or development, you'd have to make sure that they had an alternative but oftentimes what will happen is they'll, uh, they'll try to come back because that's, that's their gaff. They don't want to move. No. Well, you know, if, you're, if you've got a good, good ecologist working on the project, you can make sure that there are alternatives. Yes. So 
the project we were working on, for example, we only had to exclude one set. And it turned out that there was a second really big set in their uh, social group that they were happy to, to use. Now, they have been digging up near the old set because uh, they can't quite get to where it was before because there's badger proof fencing up there now. So they're opening it up again a little bit, but they were happy enough to move to another one. Okay. The alternative is to, to, to put in artificial sets um, close by, but they have to be really well placed. They have to be in the type of ground that badgers like to be in. It can't yeah. be too wet. And that, but, you know, yeah. it's no point in putting it in a, in a damp place that's just useless to them. So, how, how are we for badger numbers in this country? Um, it's, it's hard to know because we haven't done a national survey of badger numbers for a long time mm-hmm. and there have been several attempts to quantify how many badgers we have based on trapping records and that sort of thing but no one has actually gone out and done a census for quite a long time and I think and I'm going to get this wrong and I really shouldn't get it wrong but I, I'm going to say that the last estimate was around 84,000 I think don't hold me to no, that yeah, I um, but the issue is there's, there's a couple of issues no systematic monitoring of badger numbers um, also they're very hard to study because they're nocturnal and they live mm-hmm. underground and occasionally stick their heads out of holes and look at you you lucky yes. bastard <laughs> <laughs> he's gorgeous <laughs> so uh, no systematic monitoring and also then how do you count them so it's very hard to they, they all look alike yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's hard you know if you're doing a set emergence count to and you've got so many entrances to get them all and to know who's who to know which individual is which mm-hmm. um, so what some people have done is counted the number of holes estimated the size of the set then estimated the size of the social group that's there and then multiplied it up so it's all a bit wishy-washy and then there's also another issue which is that we have been um, culling badgers here in this country for the last few decades mm-hmm. as part of the TB control strategy so there's been that pressure on them as well and then so many badgers get taken out on the roads so it's hard to know how many there are. Mm. It's hard to now know how well the population are doing. What I would say, though, is that they're, they're really, they're hardy as fuck, though. They're mm. really hardy animals. And... Moving into urban areas as well. In well, some I mean, cases, you, yeah. you, well, moving into urban areas or just staying where they always were as we expand. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I got you. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, I mean, we have good, really, as you know, we've got really good badger populations in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. So... As uh, long as people don't find them. Well, yeah, yeah. Do you have a sense of how many will be in this set under our feet? Yeah. So probably here we would have a good, I'd say, six badgers. We always were able to put collars on about two in two to three individuals in this group. But we always know that there's more because we'd either get them on camera or there was the mystery female here for years that we didn't know who was having all the cubs. We had no idea. We couldn't trap her, but we had babies all over the gaff. We had the males, we had the youngsters, no sign of the breeding female, didn't know who she was at all. And it turned out we caught her one year and it turned out that... uh, She'd been here all the time. She had been caught years ago when the project first started and I wasn't even working on it. And then she rocked up like six years later. So she'd been here all the time, just undetectable by us because she's what we call a cage-shy badger. She didn't like going into the cage, which is fair enough. So so there'll always be ones that you don't get. But I reckon in this social group, there's probably, yeah, like between the generations, a good five or six, I would say. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That yeah. is so cool. Do you remember I was saying to you that they live in social groups and they have their territories? And we found that there was a few males that were just n- not playing by the rules at all. They weren't confining themselves to their own social groups. And it looked like their territories were two or three times the size of anyone else's. And we put collars on them and analysed them. And they were basically, they had basically just expanded out and taken over the social group next door as well. And it was just them that was doing it. Like, it wasn't like their whole group suddenly took over 
the next door. It was just them managing the two social groups, basically, uh, two or three. And sometimes they do this for two or three years. Massive territories, massive borders to patrol, lots of ladies to mate with, just like hugely energetic lifestyle and uh, I love these guys yeah. they're having a, having a, quite the time yeah. your spirit animal Colin. <laughs> yeah. but they, they they were you know you could see it on them when you caught them they were like you know they'd bits of ears missing and yeah been through the wars yeah, yeah. bites in their arse and their cheeks from where <laughs> they'd been in the wars with other badgers so big territories to defend wow. but one of them was a, a fella called Michael and, and he was from here cool. and he he was ranging over three different groups in this area wow yeah cool well Michael <laughs> even do you have any uh, favourites or any particular personalities that you've become fond of yes <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not supposed to become attached to your research subjects but um, oh no god always um, I had Muffin oh Muffin broke my heart uh, Collie what are you doing He's got a bag full of moss. I have 50 frogs that I have to put into containers. And this is beautiful, fresh sphagnum moss. Where better to get it from than the beautiful hills of Wicklow? (laughs) Um, So, sorry, I was saying muffin. Muffin muffin was a gorgeous little thing that we caught when she was a cub. And we'd name all our badgers. And when I came along, it sort of took a very confectionery turn. So we had muffin and tiffin and... uh, Various different cupcake was another one. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's hungry work, field work. Um, so Muffin, she was just a beautiful little thing, and she um, she started to disperse away from her natal set. Sometimes badgers will do that. Basically, they just leave home and move to a new place. And she was making these big long journeys. She'd ten kilometres down south, and then she'd come ten kilometres back up, and she'd go up and down and up and down. And it was amazing to see how far she could travel. You know, it was really cool. And then we lost her. And it turned out that she got caught in a fox snare. Yeah. Devastated is not the word. Like, devastated. So. I remember, uh, I remember you were broke up over that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it wouldn't have been a nice death either. No, you know? No, not at all. It would have been a few days. Yeah. So that so was. It pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was pretty horrific. And to lose her was. Yeah, that was a big blow. There was another fella, Billy. He uh, he had a massive territory that was about seven kilometer square at one point, which is about three times the size of average, more actually. And he uh, he was a big old bruiser, and he he literally expanded his range in a, in a couple of over the space of a few weeks and months. It just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He maintained this massive ter- territory for two years, and then boom, overnight he lost it, and he just contracted back down to his original territory again. He obviously met some other fella who was like. Off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but unfortunately, we lost him to um, illegal hunting, um, and we found his collar in a river, and it had been cut off his neck. And I think the people who who took him out didn't think we would find the collar in the water. But unfortunately, we never found him. Mm. So that was really sad. And then I had another one, Baru, who uh, oh, he was just the most perfect badger. He was a big fella, and he was lovely clean head and he was always really chilled out and when you let him out of the cage for him to go back into his set he wouldn't even run he'd just be like ah yeah <laughs> moseying back in not a bother on him not and sure he was not. he was a beautiful animal and we lost him eventually on the road a lot of our badges were taken out by cars must be hard yeah 
really hard, especially with like hunting and snares. Cars, I suppose, it's quick. But yeah, they, for the they, most part, cars are quick. Yeah. So either it happens really quickly, and they're the ones you see right beside, or it's a little bit longer, and they drag themselves home Aww. towards the set. And we lost a lovely little fella called Bert. Uh, there was also an Ernie as well. And Bert was only, he was, a, he was a, a, a yearling. He wasn't even a yearling. He was a young badger. And we had a collar on him for three weeks and he got hit. But he managed to drag himself up into um, a patch of gorse and expired up there. But then we had the collar on him, you see, we were able to find him. Find him yeah. How do you so, cope with that? Because I, I know even my own little yeah. bugs and frogs the first, the first breaks time, my heart. Yeah. Know, so I can only imagine you get more attached to a lovely fuzzy mm. endearing little creature like yeah. a bazaar and, and, and when you and when you are trapping them every day like because when we would trap them some individuals would just go in every day because they love the peanuts so yeah. much so you'd get to really like there was one fat eddie who just every night we caught him because he loved the peanuts and he was fat and uh so you'd get you would get to know them so the first time it happened and the first one that happened for me was was billy and that, that was that that really killed me yeah Particularly the circumstances of yeah, it yeah, really yeah. killed me. You do get used to losing them after a while. Yeah. But then you you have your favourites and Muffin killed me altogether. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So that was really hard. And then Baru, um, Baru died after the project was finished. And what happened was I was still working on all the data and stuff up in Trinity. And there's a farmer here who rang me and he said, I have a badger on the side of the road. And I said, OK, well, give me his number. And I was looking his number up on the spreadsheet and I just was like, I it's brew and I started crying oh, no. and he started crying oh, no. <laughs> yeah so God. yeah it was tough it was That's tough hard. yeah oh, shit. but look the opportunity to work with them was you know yeah. just incredible and come here on a positive note it's great to come down to a place like this I mean Colette you've never yeah seen time. this kind of stuff Amazing. you know and it's great to come down to a place like this and see that they're mm. still here yeah. generations later and mm. still doing well and where they should be as yeah. opposed to it stuck away in the corner of a field in a hedgerow somewhere yeah. so, well they yeah. do very well for themselves in they hedgerows do, yeah. they're, they're really adaptable they're yeah. incredibly adaptable they're incredibly hardy they're incredibly robust um, so even though we don't really know what their numbers are I'd be quite optimistic about them yeah. you know cool and they're just they're just great animals you know mm. it's, it's amazing to have something that's that big wandering around our countryside that we really don't get to see yeah, very often you know so cool yeah I also think they're really misunderstood like a lot of mm. animals that live in the wilderness or yeah. whatever wild areas we have they're completely misunderstood because they have behaviours that we interpret through human eyes and yeah. and I think if people actually get to know what they're all about yeah. let's all fall in love with the badger yeah and protect it and help it out yeah. be great thank I, you for yeah no, not at all us in on them because it's just fascinating to oh, hear look, about it's their been little. brilliant to get back down here again you know I've missed coming down and it's such a beautiful place and yeah, it's been great. And I'm just so jealous you got to see one. Yeah, I can't believe it. My heart actually nearly jumped out of my head. I honestly, I thought I was going to faint. Sure, you were sweating. I know. I just Because honestly, at the same time, I know what you're saying. But it's like when I hand you a scorpion, you're probably yeah. there going, oh, oh yeah. Absolutely, I yeah. know you're. I know they're not going to do anything. But when I saw the head come out, I'm like, please don't bite me. <laughs> it's like, but it but literally... Know, it, didn't, it didn't even make a sound. It just had a little look with yeah. one of its eyes and then pop back in. back in it didn't even growl at us it didn't one, chuff at us it no. didn't do anything yeah you know and that just shows you that all they want is peace and quiet yeah you know just like yourself alone. yeah that's true yeah. awesome yeah fantastic thanks so much for that even that was really really special yeah. cool i'm glad you enjoyed it right let's make our way back to the car to the pub yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is good friday after all yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's actually open today for the first time i know don't tempt me, I've got to go to the 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.